Hey everyone, welcome back to Eliminate, a podcast series from Hope Fellowship Church where we share stories to inspire growth and encourage engagement in our community. Today is part two of our conversation on prayer, so if this is your first time joining us, I definitely encourage you to at least go back and check out last week's episode. I would recommend going back to the very beginning and checking them all out, but that'll just give you a little more context for today's conversation. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So the, even the whole point of the book of Galatians, that church is really struggling with desiring um, spiritual experiences, so to speak. They're, they're really reaching for that. And uh, Paul's whole argument there is, you know, you want to go to another level spiritually? Well, you can't get to a level higher than Jesus. Right? Just cling <laughs> right. to him. Yes. Um, and, 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 yeah, and so in prayer then would flow out of and be motivated by an unto Jesus kind of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to detract from the point that like ultimately our focus is on who Jesus is and, and everything pointing to that. Just beautiful. Could end the podcast with that and go home. Um, but how do you balance someone who, um, I don't know, I, I have a friend uh, who's... Um, very, very close friend was recently in a car accident, um, a really, really bad accident, and uh, was at this very critical moment of whether or not she was going to make it at all. Um, and uh, luckily, this story has is taken a turn for the best, and um, she woke up yesterday and is breathing on her own, and, and it's been this miraculous journey, but in that moment... Of not knowing, she reached out to everyone she knew and just said, hey, like, please be praying for my friend. Um, she wasn't a believer, and so her hope was in, you know, this miracle could happen. She could see God's hand in her life, and, and it could be for his glory. So um, how do we uh, balance that desire, like, in our hearts and in our lives um, to have that peace of, you know, God, if you choose not to move, I'm... I'm gonna pray that I can, I can have um, that assurance that it is your will and your will is perfect. Um, but still praying and hoping for a miracle. I know I had this like very distorted view for a while that like you had to trust so much, and if you didn't, if you had just a shred of doubt, God wasn't gonna yeah. do a miracle because you weren't fully believing. And so you had to pretend like you fully believed in Him to convince Him to do something miraculous. So how have you found that that balance and trusting him in those emotionally driven situations? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, I, I just, I think back when, prior to me coming here, uh, 2015, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. And um, and so we were, we were at this moment of where we, we wanted a miracle, right? And, uh, and so one thing that, that we did, um, and, and, it, and this really talks about the, the, the family of God and, and how important the body of Christ is for us. And just like you said, the young lady just called another and said, hey, I, I just need for you to pray for me, right? And, uh, and so I didn't know if I was going to live or die. And, um, and so... Something that we did is that we knew the power of prayer, mm-hmm. and and we knew that God was a miracle-working God. It's it's in His Word. It's it's there, right? 
And, and so I, I believe that sometimes we, we may look at our faith as in a thing and not in a person. So we're looking at the miracle itself of God healing me. But the miracle is in the miracle worker. Yeah. It's in him. And, uh, and so what we did was we had, we had people at the hospital uh, the day of my surgery uh, to come. And, and there was probably 50 people in the waiting area. And every 30 minutes, they would gather and pray. I was probably in surgery for three and a half hours. Every 30 minutes, they'd pray. The doctor would come out and says, hey, and the first time he came, my wife tells me, she said, the first time he came out, and he says, oh, so all those people. And he was like, wow. And uh, he says, well, what's going on? He says, well, we're here to pray. Mm. And, uh, and I really believe that, that we changed this man's life. I don't believe he was a Christian, but I believe that God worked in his life in such a way to where he was moved yeah. just by the presence yeah. of God's people. And, uh, and the power of prayer. After surgery, he comes to me and he says, uh, he says, he says, how you feeling? I said, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, of course, in a lot of pain. And, um, and he says, he says, I just want to let you know that there was one night that I couldn't sleep. He says, I, I couldn't sleep. And he says, you was just, you, you were on my mind. And uh, he says, I just seriously really want you to come by and just really check on you. I mean, it's like he came out of his doctor, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and just really was like, and I think it was just the power of God yeah. that moved on this man. And so when we think about miracles, we think about, yes, something supernatural. But I think that it was just God's providence just moved on this man's heart and his life because he saw the body of Christ coming together, unified, all kinds of people praying in the hospital for one person. Yeah. And, uh, and so when we think about what God does in his providence, man, it, it's through prayer, but it's through him. This reminds me of some of um, John Piper earlier in his Ask Pastor John podcast. Mm -hmm. Some years ago, I don't know if it was the Ask Pastor John blog or something I read in a sermon. But he was, he was approaching this issue of God's sovereignty, human agency, and prayer. Like, if God already knows what's going to happen in that situation, what in the world is prayer? Like, did God not know that you're going to come through that surgery? Right? And his, his answer has always encouraged me. Um, he said, God loves to answer our... God, God loves to, to do good things for his children. And he loves to do it as an answer to a request. And, and thinking about, like, as a father... I'm going to take care of my kids, right? They're not going to go hungry. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give them nice stuff for their birthday and for Christmas. We're going we're gonna to be parents to them. They're, they're not going to go without. But, man, it is a particular joy to say yes to a request, right? right? You know, yeah. when, when Ian comes to me and says, hey, Daddy, can we? And I say, yes. There's a special delight in that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think um, it's, it's not that my relationship with God is modeled off of this earthly father-son relationship. But rather, my father-son relationship is modeled after mm -hmm. yeah. how how God is father right. to yeah. me. Yeah. That, that yeah, God has my days numbered. He sure. he has he has my steps planned, right. 
and he, he knows he knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, but but the wonderful interaction here is he treats me as a child, mm-hmm. and enjoys saying yes. I, I think that that brings it. I just read we do a noon prayer every Tuesday and Thursday, and I just read something out of the Gay Girl Good God by Jackie Hill Perry. Mm-hmm. And she says that true freedom is not to do what we please, but to do what is pleasing. Yeah. And I think that that's when it comes down to these requests they're asking. It's not, hey, God, can I have more money to go buy crack? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, hey, God, can I have maybe more money so I can get my life back on track? And it's not necessarily just a monetary thing. Right? It's, it's any of those things. And I think it's one of those things, too, where it's he, he delights, like what you said, in, in, in those requests, especially, I think, when it's something that he's it's putting us quote unquote back on track, right? Like my, my dad always kind of defined God's sovereignty in our life as where we can get off these points, but there's this linear track basically that we're on. And when we get off these points, we, we, we do these things to get back on track essentially to set our minds on Christ. And when we are setting our minds on the things of the earth, then we're just missing out on all that he has and is. Um, and yet everything that Christ is and has is ours in him outside of his deity. And I think that yeah. that's, uh, I think John Piper said said that. And mm-hmm. it's just such a beautiful thing to, to then say that that relationship that Christ had is ours as well. And it's, it's ours in him. And I think that that's where it comes back to. It all comes back to just meditating, dwelling on and believing in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's the, the beautiful part of all of this is that Prayer isn't the end. It's 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 the all the spiritual disciplines. They aren't the end. They're the means to the end. Yeah, sure. and, and I think that that that's what prayer is for. That's what miracles are for. Is to bring us back to Christ. It's not to mm-hmm. even heal us physically or, or those things. It's to point us back to who Jesus is and who what his character is. And that gives context. That sometimes when, when we hear no, yeah, or we don't get the answer that we want. Right. Um, it, it it really is still parallel to like the parenting picture in that mm-hmm. there are times when my kids don't understand, but I'm telling you no. Right. And there's a reason for it, and you can't get the reason for it. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, and this is the hard part. I think I know what I need, God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But yeah. If, if, like, you don't come through or whatever, can I say with Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, you're making a really good point about oftentimes when we pray, we, we want yes, yeah. <laughs> right? We want God to say yes to our requests, but um, but I think his no's are just as important mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and even the wait. And I think that's one of the hardest things because if we're praying to God, we, we're in a, sometimes in a dire situation and, um, and, and just shooting up an arrow prayer like Nehemiah, uh, you know, it, it, that's just not that's not enough, and uh, so, but God, we we really need you, and so but God says, wait, right, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's one of the hardest things for a Christian to do is to wait on God. We can't hurry Him, we can pray and we can pray, but if God says wait, you know, we we have to wait, yeah. but we will save a lot of time when we wait on God, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, and so. And he is a God that we can wait on, yeah. right? Because he says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Yeah. And, uh, and so he says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run, not be weary. They shall walk and never faint. Yeah. That's the God that we can wait on. Yeah. But many times, man, we're saying, God, I, I just need for you to come right now. So we may feel like we're at the end of our rope. 
but we're not at the end of hope because God is there and, um, and it's in his timing. And I think that's what's important. It's in his timing. And even with our children, you make this illustration about, you know, not now, you know, but when you turn, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. 16, yeah. you know. No, you're eight. You're not getting a phone. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think when I asked my parents for a Webkin's way back when. That'll, that'll, date, that'll date me how young I am. <laughs> but uh, I remember I was asking Webkin's and I didn't know it, but we were poor, poor at the time. And uh, I saw all my friends getting in. I really wanted one. But my dad told me no. And I remember still, I still, for some reason, that's what I remember. But I remember being super mad at him. And yet he didn't want to give me the why because he was protecting me from what that would make me view myself as even. And I think that that speaks even to that. Relate, like sure. he was telling me no and he wasn't going to explain to me the no because he was protecting me from, he didn't want me to then think, worry about the future of, oh my gosh, we don't have that much money. Then I'm never going to ask for anything again because I don't want to, you know, hinder my parents and all those things. And yeah, he was protecting me from that because he still wanted me to ask for things. But it was just that specific thing was a no because he couldn't explain why to me. But yeah. he had his reasons. And I think that that sheds light. Both, both of what y'all said, that sheds light too. And this idea of waiting on God. Um, I copied a quote um, from Bernard. I have no idea he said his last name. Well, it's not his last name. Bernard of Claire, Clairvaux. Clairvaux. He says, waiting on God is not idleness, but work which beats all other work to one unskilled in it. Yeah. So what does this waiting on God even look like? Because I think a lot of times we think of it as, I'm going to sit here quiet for an hour, yeah. and yet sitting there quietly for an hour does not mean that you're listening, <laughs> yeah. right? So what is that idea of waiting on well, God really Sometimes I like? have my pity parties and I do just wait. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I do nothing. <laughs> I'm not doing anything until you answer me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm having my pity party. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's, a, there's a sense in which the Christian life is waiting on God. That, that we are waiting for the day of his appearing. That this is all of our lives. So yes. that's the big picture. Yeah. But then in the particular moments, that takes a certain shape. Uh, you know, uh, waiting on the Lord to, to direct a step. Waiting on the Lord to provide a need. Waiting on the Lord to provide clarity. But those are all just smaller examples of what is the, what really is the posture of the Christian life. Which is we are in a wait on God. That we are waiting yeah. for the day of His appearing, but it's a glorious wait. It's yeah. not. It's not. You know. It's not a hopeless wait, and it's not a what if wait. Mm-hmm. It, it is right. just the anticipation of a sure and certain thing. That First uh, Peter opens up that we have this living hope, of the resurrection, and it, and it's it's living hope because it's like it's real. It's alive. It's not a maybe thing. It's a yes. done deal, yes. and so we are waiting on something that is sure to come, and that changes the way that that we live our lives, and it infuses hope into our steps, even as we are sort of waiting in the, in the smaller um, aspects of life. I don't mean smaller as an insignificant. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're just particular examples of the larger co- category of living our lives in a wait upon the Lord. Yeah, I definitely see it as, for, for the believer, as an active waiting. There's this sense of serving God, you know, this posture of serving God while we wait on Him. Right. Uh, So it's very active and it's really it's one that is of faith. Right. Because when we think about Ephesians, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it says that uh, that they that believe in God, you know, must believe that it is impossible to please God without faith. 
And so those that believe in God must believe that he is, mm -hmm. that he exists, yeah. and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So there's that active waiting. You are mm -hmm. diligently seeking God mm -hmm. in your everyday life, in your in your your instances, whether it's church, church life, personal life, whether it's your career, family, whatever it is, you, you're doing what God has called you to do while you're waiting on him to reward you mm -hmm. uh, based upon, you know, Ephesians Eleven and six. And you could think about um, Israel in exile. While they're in Babylon, yeah. they're not there to be idle. Yeah, uh, right. you know, they're told to seek the good of the city, seek the Lord, mm -hmm. and these things, uh, waiting for their return to the land. And some say we're in that same sort of sure. position. Right. All right. Um, this is not waiting is not idleness, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we've we've kind of talked about different functions of prayer just a couple whether it's dialogue so that importance of listening to god in prayer request um i think we briefly hit on the importance of corporate prayer um what uh what are some of the kind of different modes of prayer and and maybe even some that we don't in just in your opinion don't give enough attention to or maybe come out of balance with um, and what are those different functions of prayer in our life? Because it, it is a very multifaceted <laughs> thing. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I think we can quickly identify some things in our personal lives in the life of a church, right? We can think about um, daily private prayers. Um, years ago, I haven't done it in a while, but years ago, I would go through like Charles Spurgeon's morning and evening just to kind of set a tone for prayer mm -hmm. um, in the mornings and then again at night. Um, we can think about praying in our homes with our families, uh, whether it's as simple as before meals or it's more significant and set aside time for that. We can think about the life of our church, what we often experience in a small group. We will literally go around the room and share requests and then we'll pray for one another. And that can take a lot of shapes. We can think about prayers in the gathered worship service, uh, mm -hmm. pastoral prayers, um, uh, declarations of worship as, as prayers. Um, and yet I, th I think... Um, there's some things that maybe like in our circles, maybe we're a little bit allergic to, which are probably okay. We're just allergic to them. We just feel like we're allergic to them. And these would be, um, I have found myself lately uh, drawn to, say, some of the older versions of the Anglican Book of Common Prayer. And I'm not weird, I promise. No, I, well, I am weird. But, um, <laughs> but like reading, reading the daily collects in there, and or in the, some, of the, some of the offices, and the, so far it will... Uh, bring to mind something I need to remember and put it in a prayerful way that actually assists me as I pray. Another thing would just be reading scripture prayerfully, right? right. And, and learning to pray as I read scripture and, and thinking in that mode as I'm reading, as I'm thinking, and, and really fusing that uh, together. And also I would say like in the in the gathered, in gathered worship, um, you know, back in the day, like my Baptist upbringing, you know, uh, uh, we wouldn't do responsive readings. Yeah. And they were found in the back of the hymnal. Like this morning, we're going to do responsive reading number 576. Look it up in your hymnal. And they felt a little bit uh, prosaic then, but they probably shouldn't have. There is something powerful about commonly confessing something with a gathered people as an act of prayer. Yeah. Right? And, and uh, you know, we've, we, we lose some of that in, in Protestant and some non-denominational kind of, kind of traditions because we think, ooh, that's a little too liturgical. That's yeah. a little too ritual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those kinds of things. But, but when, when you think through them, 
it might be okay to have a spot in your worship service where we, we do something together as a body yeah. that's prayerful. It has the same sort of, uh, maybe effect isn't the right word, but like we sing together because there's a certain power in that together. Why can't we think of prayer like that mm-hmm. too, a power in it being done together? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's funny, there's, uh, my mom found uh, this book and I can't even think of who the author was. It was someone that we knew. Uh, editing Hannah here. The book is Every Moment Holy by Andrew Peterson. You should check it out. Let's keep going. Um, but it was uh, like everyday liturgies. And it was written out like a like call and response. You know, it had like the like bold text for like all <laughs> to, to respond to. Um, and it was it was almost a little funny because they were literally for like any situation you could think of. It was like going on a family vacation liturgy. <laughs> and like it, it was really funny, but like the heart behind it was just so sweet of like that that importance of 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 trusting God and, and, and focusing your attention in, in any moment, what you know, and not just like one spot in worship service, but you know, before heading to the beach. <laughs> like, it, was, it was, yeah. Lord bless that arm armrest of the minivans so the kids don't clutch <laughs> each other. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think about this um, different modes. We we take the axe model. Yeah. And uh, of course, I, I didn't come up with this, it's not original. Um, but, you know, we have prayers of adoration where we just, we take time to just adore God and then uh, confession and we confess our sins unto him, right? And, uh, and then thanksgiving and then we ask the supplication where we're, we're praying and, and, uh, on the behalf of others and, and even for our own, um, needs. But I think out of that model, I believe the one that we really miss is thanksgiving. Yeah. I think we, we really miss the fact of really just prostrating before God and just thanking him for uh, all that he's doing in our lives. I mean, I mean, let's just think about it. I mean, these masks that we're wearing and us physically distancing, it's not keeping us from the coronavirus. Yeah. But that's God's protection, yeah. right? And uh, surely we, we're not going to go tempt him and, and go out and just live you know foolishly yeah, but yeah. right exactly you know we'll, we'll still do those things that we know that will keep us healthy um but in essence when we really think about it we, we have to know that god is protecting us yeah. and uh and so and there, there are so many things and i even think about the life of the church and of course we're our pastor and and you can probably attest to this as well and i'm sure you all too just being in ministry that sometimes we can be a very unthankful people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, and but God deserves so much more thanks yeah. 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 than what we give Him. Yeah. So that's our framework too. That we, um, you know, we'll go to Publix, Walmart, or whatever, and uh, pull a box of cereal off the shelves. And if we think about it, we think there's a farmer in Iowa who raised the oats, ran his combine, went to the barn, shipped them on a trucker train to some plant, and yeah. there they converted them into. Cheerios or whatever. Right. I work this job and I make money. I'm going to make exchange. I'm going to purchase these Cheerios. I'm going to go home and eat them. Right. What we don't what we don't think about is God stocked that shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know our our our, yeah. our modern Western mindset has so enclosed the world that we simply don't think about the operations of mm-hmm. God the Father in providing for us because we only view it through the terms of human agency. 
And so I, I think changing that could, you know, I was, uh, you guys seen the movie, I think it's called The Nativity Story. It's, it's, it's the Christmas story. Um, and uh, uh, Poe Dameron plays Joseph. So, so, so there you go, yeah. same, same actor. And I can't call his name right now. But, but uh, yeah, Poe Dameron is good enough. That's his name, right? But yeah, that's it. But in, in that movie, one of the things that strikes me is they're always saying things like, if the Lord wills it, we'll eat. If the Lord wills it, we'll do this today. You know, we just don't think like that, you know, right. anymore. And I think that can really change our framework. Mm-hmm. And you know, let's be honest: the last uh, twelve months, uh, globally and in, in the culture in our own lives, have been difficult. Sure. And it's very easy for us to, you know, focus. Like it's been hard. I don't want to minimize it at all. Right. But hardship can make us groaners, yeah, right? And we can right. very easily overlook yeah. um, the good things that we've maybe experienced. I can say over the last twelve months, my family is closer. Sure. You know, there was, there was a sense in which yeah. being locked up together for a couple of months in the summer was actually kind of good for my marriage. It was yeah. kind of good for my yeah. relationship with my kids. Sure. They were able to reconnect in ways we hadn't connected before. We saw God do some stuff in our lives, yeah. you know, you know, through this. And um, so, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been a hard year, and yet there's mm-hmm. been grace in that hard year. You know, my wife's on church staff, and so it's been, uh, we hadn't got to, like, worship together in a while. I remember, like, a second week of when all this fell apart and everything's shutting down. Mm-hmm. We sit in front of a television in our pajamas, like watching worship together and talking about it. Yeah. I thought, well, we hadn't had that opportunity in a long time. There's grace in this. Sure. Right? Absolutely. It's, it's finding that. And God deserves so much more than what we, what we really give. I mean, you think about it. When we get to heaven, what, there's just going to be worship and praise and yeah. glorifying God and just thanking him for all that he has done. And so, man, if we practice right, <laughs> you know, down here. Yeah, I'm just, I keep thinking of Romans for, I'm going to get the order wrong, but for from him and through him and to him are all things. Like, it, it's, mm-hmm. nothing is ours. And I think that mm-hmm. it's the misconception that God owes me this or, yeah. and it's to the basic of things that we don't even ever think about, too. Like, that, I think that's the thing that always surprises me is, I'll hear a message that kind of slices through my heart of pride, and then all of a sudden it's like, I didn't even realize that that was something I was just, I guess, like, you know, it was, it was something I, I didn't even think I was owed that until somebody told me that that's what I was thinking. And then I realized that that is what I was, like, I realized that, oh my gosh, I was just thinking that, you know, God, this is just something I should get, right? Like, and it's to the basic of things from food, from, I don't know, everything. And I think it just comes from the, even the, the prideful thought of, I deserve this, I am owed this, or it's just something that I, I, I need. And it comes, I feel like I just keep getting reminded of, of the Rom- Romans, uh, Romans 11, I don't even know what it is, for from it, is that Romans 11? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. whatever it is. But yeah. yeah, I think that that's that's what it comes down to. I think, I would agree that I think praise is, is one of those that we just don't think about. But then when in reality, when we, when we see instances of heaven, a large, percentage of what they're doing is praising God yeah. <laughs> and that's about it uh, besides everything else so I think that's it's a picture for us to take and use practically in our lives today yeah. Yeah. and then I'm just kind of I've had this picture in my head of um, I've, as we've been studying spiritual disciplines to come into these conversations with you know making sure our hearts <laughs> are in the right right place first um and I've just been thinking a lot about the interconnectedness of all of these disciplines, like trying to really get my mind away from like, here's, um, you know, a list of spiritual disciplines, but just the integration of 
habits and practices that form a lifestyle that points me to God and makes me look more like Jesus. Um, and how by giving prayers of thanksgiving turns my heart to um, God's providence and sovereignty, which makes me more generous, which is like another spiritual discipline we're talking about, um, which uh, leads me to, you know, gratitude, which I feel like could be its own (laughs) spiritual discipline. Um, I'm just, I don't know, marveling (laughs) at this just, you know, beautiful little picture that we're trying to like figure out what type of paints used here, but it's just a beautiful picture. Even in doing these podcasts, I'm breaking them up into sections of like, we're going to talk about scripture, the prayer. It's like, we might be hindering some people of thinking about how interconnected they are, right? It's like, yeah. oh, these are so, because you're praying through the scriptures. You're meditating on them. You're mm-hmm. fasting as you read scripture to hear a word from God. And oh my gosh, there's three, four, five, all connected right there. And I think that that's, that's the part where you have to just, you have to just do it. Like you just have to get into it and trust that God's spirit will, will guide you and, and, and lead you. I, it's, I don't know. And you guys have done a great job of showing just how connected these are. I mean, I feel like we've brought up so many just in this small conversation and pointed to how, how applicable every single one is and how much they are not separate entities, but one giant. Yeah. 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 yeah we're, we're describing like in, in parts what you really can't describe in parts, because <laughs> uh, it's a whole, but you gotta describe it somehow. Right, so yeah. we're gonna line out spiritual disciplines, but really we're just talking about what is the picture of a life of a disciple of Jesus. Absolutely. You know, and none of these That's things right. are separate from the other, but you can still right. talk about these specific aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of, um, we were uh, the first church that I pastored, um, 1997 to 2004, and uh, about halfway through that, we were uh, just struggling big time, just um, financially. Church was small, it was a rural church, 45 miles from where we lived, of course 90 miles round trip, and we just, <clears throat> we, we were struggling big time. Church couldn't really afford to, to uh, pay us to, you know, to take care of the family. And, uh, and so my wife one day, she was just, she was in the kitchen and uh, looking outside the kitchen window sun was shining and as she was just thinking like lord how how are you gonna how are you gonna take care of us right and so god comes and a bird sits on the windowsill and immediately the holy spirit just impressed upon her heart look at the birds yeah yeah you know they don't toll yeah but yet god takes care of them and uh and so when we think about that Matthew chapter 6 passage, it talks about how, you know, don't pray like the Gentiles yeah. pray, yeah. you know, um, for your heavenly father knows yeah. what you need before you even ask. Yeah. So like, well, wait a minute, God, if you know what I need before I even ask, why should I ask? <laughs> <laughs> so he says, seek first yeah. the kingdom of God yeah. and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And so while we were talking about the, the posture of prayer, really, if we want God to really provide for us, it means to really put him first in all that we do. Yeah. You know? 
and uh, and man, he takes care of us. Yeah, he will add things, you know, to our lives. Yeah, you can even change our original definition and say prayer is seeking the kingdom. And prayer is is, is yeah. seeking his face first. Prayer yeah. prayer is prayer is simply that. Yes. Yeah. I saw uh, you guys watch One Division. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't so, cut up. Sometimes spoilers. Okay, okay. All right. But uh, there was a, a neat little tweet. I think I saw it after this week or last week or something. It said it said Wanda is the god who can't keep her eye on the sparrow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, but it was meant to be encouraging to think about. But the god we serve, yes, can, yeah, can. You know. So. How do you quote? Because I was about to quote Avengers earlier, and I decided not to. <laughs> so now you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. watching. We just rewatched all the Avengers movies, and it's where Tony sees the Chitari coming through. Gosh, yeah. I feel like such a nerd just by saying that word, but it's fine. I am. And uh, he says, "I'm seeing, but still trying to believe." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that'll yeah. preach." <laughs> write, it, write it down for a sermon later. <laughs> you can see all these miracles, but it doesn't mean you're gonna. I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it could. Anyways, but. Yeah. My uh, favorite line of that movie is "puny god." Yeah. Are there any? I don't know. Final thoughts? Things we didn't hit on? That... <laughs> I mean, I, I would just, I, I would just like to just maybe just just share this. You know, um, one of my favorite authors is Ian e. Bounds. Yeah. And, um, and just his complete Long prayer. Book. Yeah, yeah, complete book of prayer. Ian e. Bounds. Um, but he says something in there. He says that prayers are deathless. They outlive the one who utters them. Wow. And so when we think about that you and I, all of us, we are here because somebody prayed for us. Maybe they're not even alive today. It was a grandparent, a great grandparent. Yeah, right. You know, um, or maybe it was a pastor that was praying for your parents before you were even born. Like, yeah. we, we pray for your kids right now, yeah. you know, that you're going to have, that they grow up and they know the Lord and they serve him, you know. And so, again, it just says how important prayer is and just how powerful it is because those prayers, they go up to God and and he knows the exact time to answer them, right? Right. right? And, uh, and so while we think about this, you know, this spiritual discipline of prayer while we can't put them in number or in rank but prayer is just one of the top you know um, because prayer moves heaven yeah. you know and so um, and one of the ways that that I I really have how I've learned to hear from God and I think I even learned this from Ian Bounds but he says that it's important to pray declarative statements to God, just in your prayer time. Just, God, should I do this? And just wait and just listen for a yes or a no. You know, God, should I make this decision? Should I accept this job? You know, just those yes or no questions. Don't run off. Yeah. Just be silent before God and just allow the Holy Spirit. And he may not answer at that point. But again, it's conversating with other people. It's going along the way, serving God and seeking him that God somehow he answers our prayers. Yeah, that's good. And, um, and so I just like to close on that. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it's a blessing to me 
to be able to to wake in the morning and uh, you know some say they have a favorite spot you know where they go to and this is where they go to to hear God and uh, I have several <laughs> you know <laughs> I just didn't give myself one I might not, might not have enough strength to get to one and so I just might have to fall down on my knees right there at the bedside <laughs> and um uh, but uh, to just spend that time with God and, and to listen to him and, and just to really be silent before God. And I think we, we, we live in this microwave, yeah. um, digital you yeah. know, society where yeah. everything is quick. We, we want our phones to be fast. Yeah. No glitches on the video and you know, no buffering. We want everything to be fast, right? Yeah. But, um, but I think that as Christians, in order for us to get this discipline right, we have to be silent before God. Yeah, we have to take good. time before Him. Oh. Well, thank you guys for having us. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you Seriously, thank you so much just for taking some time out of y'all's crazy schedules, as I <laughs> know they have to be. Well, this is a privilege. It's uh, encouraging. Well, yeah. This was, this was definitely an honor just to, to sit before y'all and ask you guys some questions. So thank you. Man, thank y'all for your ministry, man. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're really you're, you're helping a lot of people. Yeah. And, um, and it's a blessing to see, uh, you know, you all that... You know, as young people serving the Lord this way, uh, it's a tremendous blessing. And the, the witness of Hope Fellowship, um, your impact on the campus at AU yeah. and the students here, it's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's a blessing to the city, a blessing to, to the university, that's for sure. Thank you all so much for joining us for this conversation on prayer and our spiritual disciplines, practices in following Jesus through this Back to the Basics series. A special thank you to Dr. Chuck Fuller and Dr. James Noble for being so gracious in sharing your wisdom and insight and just spending some time in conversation with us. We appreciate it so, so much. Don't forget that if you're listening and you have a follow-up question or an idea for a future conversation that you would love to hear, we uh, would love to hear from you. So go ahead and send us an email to myself, uh, Hannah at HopeAndAnderson.com or to Nathan, uh, Nathan at HopeAndAnderson.com. Hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.